Whoa, 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 here we are. Uh, big movie today because uh, I was scrolling. Again, I was scrolling through Amazon Prime and found, geez, I found the gem, found the movie. I remembered renting maybe at least three times back in the day. Never could finish watching it. Forced myself to do it. Loved it. And, man, it's a little bit topical. Uh, believe it or not, um, a lot of current things are connected to this movie. So, uh, this is Dream Warriors. 31 Days of Dread, Day 6. Let's go. So, we're back, we're back, we're back. Uh, loaded intro, right? There was a, uh... <laughs> There was a lot said there. Uh, yeah, so the movie is The Dark Half. Um, came out in 1993. Uh, based on Stephen King book. Which is, again, uh, one of the topical uh, aspects that I uh, referred to earlier. Uh, Stephen King, right now, geez, you can say hotter than ever. Uh, everyone's gravitating towards him again, and everybody just wants more Stephen King with it. No one really cared with Dark Tower, but they cared with it. And directed by George Romero. We know him from Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Uh, you know, pivotal, uh, you know, uh, milestone uh, how, uh, horror movie, the, the movie that brought us the zombies. Um, I think a lot of people give. I don't think they give that movie too much credit because uh, Night, Day, and Dawn of the Living Dead is a trifecta that is amazing to watch, amazing to experience. But, uh, you know, the, the zombie genre, uh, you know, like, I don't think you get much credit for that. People are like, what do you mean zombies are so huge right now? It's like, not really. Um, Walking Dead is huge. So we have 1968, Night of the Living Dead. Nothing uh, of real relevance, in, in my opinion. Uh, cultural relevance. Um, influential relevance. Um, until we hit The Walking Dead. And uh, Robert Kirkman and I think Tony Moore, the co-creator of Walking Dead, who never gets mentioned anymore. Uh, let, let, let me just... I might have to... I might have to look that up real quick. Who co-created... Uh, Mark would know. I know Mark would know. Um, geez, Walking Dead, uh, yeah, Tony Moore, oh yeah, and Charlie Adler, uh, incredible artist, uh, you know, but anyway, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, really, like, not until, uh, 2010, that, uh, season one for Walking Dead, so, The Dark Half is a wonderful, wonderful movie, um, the other topical part would also be that George Romero uh, recently uh, passed away in 2017 with a, he had a uh, battle with lung cancer. And which really isn't too much of a surprise because if you saw any interview, I don't think I've seen one interview with Romero where he wasn't smoking. <laughs> and some of them included a convention interview, so he, he was smoking indoors. Uh, that's just my re <laughs> recollection, but yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's more, it's not really so much of his death. It's what people said around his death that, uh, you know, is our second real topical focus, which is, um, 
people remember Night of the Living Dead losing uh, its its private ownership status and going into the public domain. That's a whole other thing. Uh, Mark and I are uh, touching on maybe doing like a full episode on rights and movies and and movies that came through right hell, uh, not development hell. But uh, and this is really connected to our most recent Blade Runner conversation. Uh, but yeah, so you know when he died, everyone magnified on this and was uh, took a position that evil corporations took the rights away from George Romero or whatever. Okay, because of the the corporate greed, the the capitalist system made him lose his artistic ownership, and it was it was just one of those things where okay uh, maybe. Um, I mean, I think at the time, Marvel Comics owned the term zombie. They haven't. They had not released it yet, so that's a factor people completely forget. And the other factor is that this movie came out in '93. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, his first movie, was directed in 1968. Um, I believe it's based. Uh, it was shot in Pittsburgh, where he's from. So from '68, we'll just say to '93. He had a heck of a run. He did a lot of good movies. And people have forgotten about these movies. So, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen his follow-up to Night of, of the Living Dead. Uh, there's always Vanilla. Uh, I haven't seen the follow-up to that season of The Witch, which I feel like I should have. Uh, but I've seen the next run. Uh, the Crazies, Martin, Dawn of the Dead, Night Riders, Creepshow. Day of the Dead, uh, Creep Show Two. He was uh, the writer for that, I think, the producer. Um, Monkey Shines, another Stephen King collaboration. Creep Show eighty two, no, uh, Stephen King again. So he he collaborated collaborated with Stephen King three times. Uh, Tales of the Dark Side movie writer, the the two evil eyes writer director. Uh, not familiar with Night of the Living Dead, the nineteen ninety remake. Um, he was writer, and the dark half coming in at 93, writer-director. So, most of his movies have a favorable rating, if you just go through what's on Wikipedia. Uh, and there's, there's other, he's, he's got more of a filmography. Um, in early 2000s, um, he was able to wrestle back, I think, some of the rights for, uh, of the dead, right, um, the other party took night of or, or something. It was, it, was, it was a weird agreement. Uh, something very similar is happening Friday the 13th. Uh, we're all curious on how that's going to turn out. So um, he was resort. People view his later life, uh, I guess maybe very much like Tesla. They, they, they just want to um, idolize these creators that they think have um, been smited or, or wronged. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just put him maybe, like, uh, too much of a, of a pedestal. But he was making a living during his his revival doing uh, the zombie movies. Um, none of which I think were, uh, I think were good. <laughs> I think I saw Diary and um, Remembering Survival. And, uh, yeah, okay. Moving on. And I was, I was so excited to see uh, the Diary of the Dead because... Uh, I just remembered uh, Twilight of the Dead at the time, and I thought that was like a proposed fourth movie, or 
um, the part of this arc that he wanted to do, starting with the original Night of the Living Dead. And I thought it would have been so cool with him coming back if he did a, a movie titled Twilight of the Dead and connected it to those earlier movies. Uh, you know, just like in tone and maybe even make him like a period type type piece. Uh, I thought that would have been fantastic. But hey, what, what, whatever. Yeah, so Romero, the, 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 I think this is Romero's next to Night Riders, uh, 1981, that starred Ed Harris. I think... Um, I think the dark half is, is oh, we got, got a little, uh, I got to put my phone on. I, uh, I'm so bad with this. Hold up here. That's location. Okay. Yeah, I think the dark half is definitely, definitely his most overlooked movie. Uh, because, I don't know. Uh, it also starred Tim Timothy Hutton. Who, uh, what, you know, when it comes to actors, <laughs> uh, there's very little. Like, okay, so you you need actors to make your product. There's very few things that you can give an actor to do that will um, elevate the product outside of the of the of the source material, or you know, even if that source material is a screenplay. That's how I'm using that term. Uh, and and by this I mean, all right, so. You can put the character in full makeup, okay? Make completely transform him or her, and uh, you get uh, you know you get you get something out of that. You get publicity out of that. Uh, you can um, give the give the actor uh, or actress an accent to do. Uh, now we always look towards Daniel Day Lewis with that. Uh, you can give the actor, um, you know, full-blown retard. Uh, you know, you, you don't go full retard. Uh, Tropic Thunder over there. Uh, okay, so I don't know if, you, uh, if, if you're following me, but so Dark Half is, is one of those um, techniques that, that we use in filmmaking, which is let's give the actor uh, himself to play. Let's give him a twin. Uh, actors love this. Uh, they, can, they can make good work with this um, challenge. And that's really what Dark Half is. I think Dark Half is one of the better uh, split personality twin movies. And that that's, that is a Dark Half within the movie. Uh, let's just run through the movie real quick. So, again, it takes place in Stephen King Town, uh, Maine, or, or wherever. You know, because he, he has a setting for all, all of his movies. Uh, let's, oh, sorry, let's, let's take a, uh, let's take a drip, uh, a sip of my coffee. Uh, and I'm I'm trying to drink better <laughs> with the microphone. <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm losing myself here. I wanted to go through some of Tim. So Timothy Hudden at one point was uh, he was going to win the Oscar for best everything. Uh, his first movie, 1980, uh, Ordinary People, got him every nomination you can imagine. Uh, and this is followed by uh, Taps, Daniel, Iceman, Falcon, and the Snowman, Turk 182, one of my favorites, uh, Made in Heaven, A Time of the Destiny, Betrayed, Q&A, Strangers to Temp, and, you know, like, uh, just like Romero, uh, post-93, that both of them kind of faded into obscurity. Um, Timoth he, he's been working... Uh, Every single year, 
practically between TV and television, but never really got another chance, another role that he did, um, you know, with with ordinary people. But uh, incredible screen presence, incredible look, uh, incredible actor. Uh, I think he is one of the best of his of of the eighties because uh, he came up through. Uh, artistically uh, or deep um, intellectually targeted intent movies uh, being ordinary people where his contemporaries came up through romantic comedies uh, you know he, he came in as a young actor and he uh, it's an incredible career still in, in, in my eyes so let's just run through this movie so Timothy Hudden plays Stephen King uh, it's, uh, the, I think the only other, uh, you know, like Woody Allen puts himself in, in a lot of things. Uh, I think him and Stephen King are probably neck and neck on how many times they've done that to to each other. So Timothy Hudden is an author. Uh, he starts writing these books, and uh, they don't do anything. And then he takes on the, takes on like a pseudonym, and these books sell. The pseudonym is written by his dark half. Now, throughout the movie, he he does a manifestation, and he brings this dark half to life, and it starts killing the people uh, connected to Timothy Hudson, uh, connected towards the good side. Uh, very similar to Fight Club. This movie is, in my view, uh, a huge precursor to Fight Club. So... Uh, at that point, we have good murders. We have Timothy Hudden splitting himself. Uh, there's one scene where he's on a coffee table talking to himself, and his leather decked out blacker version, like the all black everything version, uh, kicks a whiskey bottle off the table and catches it and, and pours it all over this hole in his hand. <laughs> Like total Tyler Durden move, but boss boss move right there, and yeah. So the movie uh, also has uh, Yandu. <laughs> it has Michael Rooker in it, which I completely forgot. Michael Rooker, like I don't know what hasn't he ever been good in. So he's the cop investigating this, uh, and so the movie like has has a really cool ending, I think. Uh, the, the, these ideas of sparrows. Um, if you ever see box art for this, it looks like bats, but they're sparrows. And these sparrows are, you, they get explained through your um, stereotypical old lady that knows a lot about books, that lives around books, and she explains these things to Timothy Hilton. Uh, you know, a convention we've seen in a, in a lot of horror movies. Uh, the one thing, side note here, horror franchises or not franchise, it's just horror movie storytelling. The horror movies in general are conventions built on conventions, and they've been like this for a very, very long time. A lot of, uh, I think, modern critics, modern reviewers, the point that they miss is that these conventions have always been there, they've always been used. Now, as a regular filmgoer, as a film buff, as a cinephile, you see less originality the longer you watch horror movies because you you know the conventions. But here's the thing. The horror genre is a young person's audience. It's a young person's game. 
the younger people will always gravitate towards animal creation versus other things because it uses the conventions. The conventions are proven. They move things along. Uh, they display ideas, okay, and they're newer. And the younger, younger audience will always gravitate towards what's newer. So it's not really a, like, hey, they don't make horror movies the way that they used to. No, they've always made horror movies the same exact way. What changes is technology and how films look and, and so on and so forth. Um, a lot like Pumpkinhead, the dark half uh, nails these conventions in a delightful way. In a uh, <laughs> I, 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 near perfect way, okay? So with that being said... This movie has a really cool ending, but it also has a type of ending where <laughs> I kind of, kind of wish this movie was huge. Uh, I think it cost fifteen million, made about ten million at the box office. There was no real aftermarket at the time, so yeah, considered a failure. Which is probably why uh, Romero and Hudden were considered dead on arrival after this. So. <laughs> This movie has an 80s special effects horror ending. It ends, I wish it went into a sequel on the, the pure idea is I want to see what happens right after this, like right after the credits. I want to know, like, how does this thing really get resolved? Okay, uh, as we know, it's a horror movie, so evil gets defeated in a way or another. But I want to know exactly what happens after this because... Uh, I just think it's it's um, everything went into a certain direction. They nailed it, but what does that really mean? Like, what does that mean for the character? What does that mean for the uh, for the supporting characters? What does that even mean for Timothy Hutton because he's he's a subject of, of a criminal investigation? Okay. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Like, a, a cop's there, a cop witnesses these supernatural things. How does he explain death and disappearance and, and just a whole giant crime scene? And But the movie, uh, where it's also very well conceived, that it's the psychological um, thriller parts are awesome. There's a dream sequence, like 30 minutes. And the, the movie has a solid 30-minute build up lock in to to tell you kind of what the rules are to tell you what the situations are introduce everything and go deeper into the complex of timothy um Hudden. and they took time romero took time with that uh give him a lot of credit so oh my god i'm saying so so much <laughs> okay the care that he took in setting this situation up where this guy's going to have a dual personality um, should really be looked at. Uh, I really, I, I, I think I thought Fight Club the entire time watching this and uh, as, as I, it's almost like Fincher, I think, used a chunk of this movie as a template and uh, the movies are separated by roughly six years. Uh, Fight Club was part of the films of 1999 that we discussed already. Uh, so it's not like they're close. These movies are close. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, on like another side note here. It's very interesting that this movie 
has faded away and is long forgotten. And even within the death of Romero, there's hardly, I don't, I don't think it really even got mentioned at all, uh, which is uh, shocking to me. So, <laughs> but let me, let me just, I took a couple notes. Let me just see uh, what else we got here. Uh, I, I've gotten into the habit. I really enjoy taking notes now as I'm watching movies. Um, yeah, so after the 30-minute mark, everything is set up. And he communicates with his alternate self through writing. And there's a very cool like pencil writing scene when he writes with, with, with the pencil and he's channel, channeling this other personality, uh, this other manifestation. Uh, it's it's cool. It's a cool idea. It's it's very tricky filmmaking. Uh, it, it sets up the rest of the movie from the first time we see it. Uh, again, like just well done, Romero. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I just I, I just took a couple notes on just the the use of special effects in this, uh, especially at the end. Uh, it it broke it it broke into a dream state type. Uh, sequence and flow and Mark and I <laughs> we just we just watched Blade Runner but uh, <laughs> like the like the ending for 20, Blade Runner 2049 we thought was so lackluster and let down and that uh, and that's a movie that has any option at once like you can do anything you want with that uh, with a 150 million dollar budget this movie even for its day the money is well spent. The money is there. Uh, uses sparrows in such a cool, fun, just it's a it's a fun way. But here's here's the thing, uh, yeah, no movies without its faults. Does uh, does a movie kind of not uh, not have a speed, not have a pace? Does it not uh, speed along or pick up? Definitely, but. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a part of the, the experience with this one. I think it, it has a longer draw. I think the, the, the deaths in the, in, in the movie definitely have consequence. Uh, they're not fantasy in any way, even though it's an alternate personality. And there's a couple times where you're not really sure where the movie's going to go because of the, the split personality nature of the movie. And the, the beginning of this... Uh, it's a kid getting on a school bus that gets like an aneurysm and he gets a brain operation and uh man like kind of freaky and you're you're inside someone's head like literally within a few minutes of of, of this movie <laughs> it's like the ball i love it the balls the balls of that uh got some grit uh, and it wasn't just for shock value it was just to help tell the story but yeah so uh yeah we're we're, we're not going to go any, any deeper uh, this is Dream Warriors, uh, 31 Days of Dread, Day 6, The Dark Half, and, oh, and we have Dallas, hello buddy, Dallas just came up, uh, came, came up to say hello, but yeah, uh, signing off, and everyone, rock and roll, have a good day, have a good night.